0: Double digits, double digits, Jason Hamilton, episode number 10, Seahawks have done it, they're going back to the playoffs after a thrilling 38-31 to victory over the Chiefs, and you were there, we're going to talk all about it, and we're going to set up weekend number 17 in the national football, isn't it nice to not have to win the game? To not Even if it's Josh, everybody's been saying, oh, they're not going to lose to the Cardinals. We've seen that before, right? Mm-hmm. The Cardinals come in here at the end of the year, mm-hmm. with normally with Arians, and he screws everything up, right? Isn't yeah. it nice to know they don't have to win the game, and it's really all about seeding now, number five versus yes. number six? All right, we're talking too much. This is not the beginning of the show. We haven't begun the show yet, yeah. right? So they're back in the playoffs. Could be Dallas, could be Chicago. Jason Lockenfora of CBS is back to set up the final weekend, the USA Today baseball writer who skewered the Mariners for their offseason direction, and he's a Hall of Fame voter who has never voted for Edgar Martinez, never. He has made his decision whether he will for the first time in this Edgar's final go-around. We'll get the answer from him. Plus, I get to make fun of Nick Saban and applaud Santa Claus. Three charter sponsors, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue, Zeke's Pizza, and Daniel's Broiler. The Schwartz family is proud to introduce the brand new downtown Seattle Daniel's Broiler at the -the state-of-the-art Hyatt Regency. They should be proud. Spectacularly set on 8th and Howell down the block from the Paramount. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. How about that? Daniel's Broiler? World class steakhouses. Unfiltered. This Seahawks turnaround is remarkable. Remember, they can't win a preseason game. And then two games into the regular year, we're looking forward to the NFL draft in 2019. And now three months later, we're asking wild card number one or wild card number two. And who would you rather play in the first round of the playoffs? Amazing. Unfiltered. I don't know. It just seems to me that if Jerry DePoto and the Mariners are going to make all these trades look beyond 2019, well then they can't expect everyone to pay the same ticket prices as they did for an 89 win team in 2018. Mitch is unfiltered. And here we go with episode number 10, the final episode, not ever, don't, don't, not (laughs) ever. We'll do a number 11, but the final episode for a while. We're going to take a break from one another.
1: Final episode of
0: 2018 definitely we're going to take a little break we're going to go dark as they say in the mm-hmm. th- in the theater business that's yes, right in the theater business mm-hmm. right we're gonna go dark until january 3rd how are you on january the thursday before the first round of the nfl playoffs we'll be back with a brand new mitch unfiltered remember apple itunes spotify iheart it's everywhere where you want it to be make sure you subscribe and you throw us a five-star ratings because you have said No on the four stars. If you're going to give us four and three quarter stars, we don't want it. That's right. We just want a five-star rating. If you haven't become a patron just yet, what he is waiting for, as Mickey used to say, MitchUnfiltered.com, it's a minimum of $5 per month, tons of bonus content. I did three different shows for the patrons last week alone. Also, can I ask a favor? Sure. Am I allowed to ask a favor? Every once in a while. Or have I already asked too many favors? Well, there's been a few. Let me tell you the favor I want to ask and then you tell me whether it's a little bit too much. Okay. And I'll and I'll withdraw it. I won't edit it out. <laughs> Thank you. But I will withdraw it. So if you're listening right now to episode number ten and you haven't heard nine, eight, seven, or four or five or six, it would help us out, right, Jason it Hamilton? Absolutely. If you did nothing more than just go to the episodes that you haven't listened to and listen for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to the whole hour and 15-minute fest. Just if you would go back, right. if all the listeners who are listening now that haven't heard some of the other older episodes, it would sustain us, it would help us, it would help our growth. That would be my Christmas gift. I want to, I know that I don't get Christmas gifts. I was going
1: to say, that's that's news. Uh,
0: I, I want a Christmas. That would be my Christmas If you okay. are in the giving mood and you're listening right now. A, a nice gift would be to go back to some of the episodes that you may have missed mm-hmm. along the way and just listen for a few minutes. Yeah, is, Click on the play button and listen for a few there's minutes. There's good stuff in there. Yes. Y-
1: you should go back. Yes. Yeah. So, and it would help
0: us. Absolutely. It would definitely help us as we try to grow Mitch Unfiltered. How was it? Sunday night football. So you much were there. Fun. Tell me you were in the seats with the the the, 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 the crazies. You had your face painted yeah. you were drinking you were, right. you were the one with the defense the d in the yeah. fence yeah right that was you yeah. that was on me on sunday night right? that was
1: me in the parking lot going see.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah i can uh, picture that yeah no yeah. so
1: none of the things that you described were me no no but yes great atmosphere sunday night football chiefs Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. That being said, got his ass
0: outplayed too. I was
1: going to say that. Being said, Russell Wilson was amazing. And I just said ass. You did. Is that it? Does that that break the no? no. You could get away with that on regular radio, yeah. But I will. Doesn't break the seal. No, 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 No. no, not not you. Okay. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. High scoring, uh, loud. I'll tell you this. Yeah. The tail of the tape was
0: spot on. It's funny. I have a little surprise for you. I'm oh, you glad do. that you said that. Oh. Yeah. Segways. I'm going to do something in this first segment that uh, I've almost never, I don't think I've ever done I'm because intrigued. of the tale of the tape. I'm intrigued. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. But I just want to hear about the time. It was really loud. Oh, crazy. yeah. Crazy. Cliff Averill. It was 12th good. man flag. People right? went
1: nuts when Cliff, Cliff Averill was raising the flag. I mean, that, yeah. that got the, the decibels up. It was really good.
0: The defense kind of uh, got that three and a- How about the fact that they win the toss and they put on the field they defer and they put the on the field the greatest offense known to man and then they stop them on a three and out on the first possession and then they take the ball right down the field for seven
1: that drive that first drive was uh, you know it said a lot let's run the ball yeah Timely passing, but let's run the ball. Let's run establish the, ball. the run. Kansas City, as we heard about in the tail of the tape. I don't mean to get into your whole no, it's deal. Okay. It's okay, but, but it really was one of those things where it's like, yeah, they cannot stop the run. Carson was good. You know, you throw in some timely passing. You move the ball. You score. You're feeling
0: great. Do you remember just a few maybe months ago? They would put on a on the screen. The TV people would put on the screen that the Seahawks haven't scored a first drive touchdown in like bazillion years. And now, they they score a first drive touchdown virtually every single game. I don't know what exactly happened, but they they roll it. That to me, that was a roll of the dice. I don't think anybody really thought of it that way when they defer. I mean. I understand deferring. I'm a big deferring guy. I used to try to convince Holmgren when Holmgren was the coach. He and I went back and forth. I would say you got to defer, and he was a big offensive guy. No, I want the ball, ball. and I was trying to impress upon him that when you put your by taking the ball, everybody's revved up at at home. I'm just talking about at home, not Mm. on the road. Mm. Everybody's revved up, so that helps the defense, right? Mm -hmm. And when you win the toss, put your defense on the field when yeah. they're all revved up and juiced up and everybody's ready to go. And the other thing that you don't think of is when you take the ball first after winning the, the toss, you then put your defense on the field first in the third quarter. There, the worst time at a Seahawks game for crowd noise is right at the right. beginning of the third People quarter. People
1: are still filing right. in and it happened tonight. Right,
0: right. And by the, end, by the end of Holmgren's tenure... He started. He deferred a little bit, a little bit. He, <laughs> early on, he wouldn't. He would just laugh at me when I would yeah. try to convince him yeah. because I just think it's sound reasoning when the crowd plays such a huge part of it at CenturyLink. So it was. It was really loud. You got 38-31. You got the performance by Mahomes. You saw the oh. little, the little sidearm plays. But at the end of the day, Russell Wilson, eighteen twenty-nine, two seventy-one, three touchdowns, and one hundred and twenty-seven. Quarterback rating, passer rating, and Mahomes starts one for seven, mm-hmm. and then settles into has a good game, mm-hmm. but it wasn't an unbelievable game, and he yep. got outplayed by. He don't did. you think? Ab- absolutely, Will- it was close, but Russell Wilson won, and he
1: had better numbers. Absolutely, I mean, I I sent a tweet out and said, you know, the the one throw for the touchdown to Doug Baldwin, unbelievable catch, unbelievable catch by Doug Baldwin. Yeah, but the throw. Yeah, and many throws that Russell made tonight. Were spectacular, and I, I thought he was, he was as good as as we've seen Russell Wilson in a long time. So I
0: have a lot of observations, a lot of things yeah. that bounce out uh, off of you. But before we go through all those, how about just they're in the playoffs? Amazing. The Seattle Seahawks. I mean, think think about think this through for a second. Now I know that none of us care much about preseason results. Sure, but. It wasn't that they lost four. They went 0 for 4 in the preseason. Hmm. It wasn't that the results, because nobody cared about the results. They looked horrible in the preseason. Yeah. People were writing 5 and 11, mm-hmm. 6 and 10. Then they go out in the regular season and lose the first two games. Of the, so they they essentially lose six games yeah. out of the... Out yeah. Of, if you would say at that point, I'll bet you right now that they not only make the playoffs, they clinch before the last week of the regular no season. No shot. Zero, no shot. This team turned. And think about the close calls, the two Rams games. I mean, there's probably some close calls that they won, but yeah. they had a chance in the two Rams Chargers. games. Chargers are down at the one or two yard yep. line before the penalty. So, I mean, it's. I've said before, Pete Carroll deserves like a, like a a gold medal for this performance. This is yeah. one of the great coaching perform. It may be better. It may even be better. Than the Super Bowl right. year, winning the Super Bowl.
1: Well, the fact that let's go back to what you said, zero and two. Yeah, coming out of that preseason, if you would have said five hundred, I'm not sure I would have taken five. No. I don't I, not taken. I'm not sure I would have believed five hundred. Nobody would have.
0: Nobody would have. Five hundred would and have been.
1: Five hundred would have been a monumental year for this team going zero and two to start. It
0: would have been eight and six over the last yeah. fourteen, and ignoring all the bad things that were happening in the first no six doubt. games. And so, there they are. They're in the playoffs. It's just an incredible story. I don't know that they'll win a game in the playoffs. We'll talk about yeah. who they're gonna. I guess we can stop and do that right now because people may or may not understand by the time they're listening to this. So, here's the deal. Stay with me. This is a little bit of Mr. Postseason. We're not going to do a whole segment on Mr. Hmm. Postseason, but let's just give you the Seattle Seahawks glance, okay? So, they're 9-6 and six now, and they've got the Cardinals... And Josh Rosen coming mm-hmm. to town. Mm-hmm. We all think they should handle him in that game. We have, to, we have to talk about whether they should play everybody, whether they should rest everybody. Because you're not playing for the playoffs, but you are playing for first-round opponent and seeding. Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't know how many people think that's important.
1: <laughs> I think anybody that's listening to this podcast thinks that's important.
0: Is it more important than resting players? you got to weigh... If guys are nicked up, do you just shut them down? Do you... So here's here's the way it works. They're 9 and 6. If they win the game against Arizona, they're 10 and 6. They finish the season 10 and 6 and they will be unquestionably the number 1 wild card or the number 5 seed in the NFC. Right. Okay? Which allows them to play the number 4 seed, which is Dallas. Okay? If they lose the game to Arizona, they rest all their players or rest a lot of their players that are nicked up mm-hmm. and somehow Arizona comes in here and wins. They're terrible, but mm-hmm. I guess it could happen. It's well, the NFL. people didn't think they were going to lose to San Francisco last. No, week. but it was at San Francisco yeah, and, they, and yeah, they're yeah. and they're and they're on a little bit of a yeah, better yeah. better place right now than the Cardinals. But I understand. So if they lose that game somehow and they drop to 9 and 7, then they open up the door to fall not out of the playoffs but to the 6th seed, mm-hmm. right? Mhm. Because if Minnesota wins, that would mean Minnesota would finish 9, 6, and 1. Seattle would finish 9 and 7, which means Minnesota would be the 5 and right. play the 4, whoever that is, which is going to be Dallas. And Seattle would be the, the six. 6 and would have to go to Chicago. So there is the difference. Now, there's a couple of other situations that could happen. Seattle could lose. That's a, that's a Seattle loss, loss and a Minnesota win. win. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seattle could also lose, and Minnesota could lose. So if that happens, both of them lose. Seattle, again, is the five, okay, playing at the four, Dallas the following week. Mm-hmm. And the six would then be, if Minnesota loses, either Minnesota or, or Phil- that opens the door for Philadelphia to beat Washington, finish nine and seven, and clip Minnesota, who would finish eight seven and one. Got it. With a loss to the Bears, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the situation. So other people might be thinking, can the Rams fall down to number three from number two? And the answer is yes, they can. If the Bears win, beat Minnesota, and the Rams lose, the Bears and Rams would finish in a tie. The Bears beat them on Sunday night, so the Rams would fall into three. But the Seahawks can't play the Rams because in that scenario, what happens? Chicago wins, beats Minnesota, which I just told you guarantees Seattle the five seed. seed, So they could not play the Rams. Right. So those are the two choices. It's either going to be Seattle at Dallas. That's if they win against Arizona, or if they lose and Minnesota loses, they play Dallas. Mm-hmm. The only way they play somebody else, which would be Chicago, would be if they lose to Arizona, the Seahawks, mm-hmm. and the Vikings beat Chicago to jump over Seattle for the number five. Did that make sense? You're looking at me like no, I, no, may, I made I, yeah, No, no, I got, got it. it. Yeah, I got okay, it. So that's yeah. the situation. Yeah. Is that clear enough? Yeah. Can we move on? A couple of uh, laundry list items here. Doug Baldwin. Oh, what a night. Best night of the year for Doug Baldwin. An injury plagued year for Doug Baldwin, yeah. making catch after catch. I thought the one catch he didn't make was going to cost him. Do you remember the play I'm talking about? Which one was that? So he so late in the game, when they were trying to run the clock, they threw him a ball and he had it in his hands for oh, the first down. And where the guy he kind of sh- twisted the, it the his leg. Stri- yeah, I kind of stripped it out of yeah. his hands. I'm yeah. like, oh, boy. I sure hope on a night that Doug Baldwin has played so well that that's not the play that we go back to say, right. oh, my God. But a big night, seven big catches for Doug Baldwin felt great for him Tyler Lockett they showed a, a stat I think it was on the TV broadcast they showed a stat that said when Russell Wilson this year throws to Tyler Lockett when he targets Tyler Lockett his passer rating is 158.3 which is perfect that's a perfect passer <laughs> rate. and it's only happened one time in NFL history that over the course of a full season a quarterback to wide receiver combo would have a perfect passer rating Chris Carson yeah 20 i say it every week 27 uh 27 uh, carries 116 yards and two touchdowns mm-hmm. for uh chris Carson and the defense did just enough just enough the defense slowed them i mean I, I wouldn't say that the defense put the clamps on the no. Chiefs they scored their 31 yeah so one last thing before my little surprise okay the moment of the night i've got two last things I got two last things before the start <laughs> okay the moment of the night and the most underrated play of the night. I like to do the moment of the night and the most underrated play of the night. Okay. You know what the moment of the night
1: was. What was the win? What was the moment no, of the night? What was no, the moment no, of the no. Better kidding. than the win.
0: Better than everything. What? Janikowski going down on his ass. Oh my gosh. Come on. Seriously? Janik- that's the moment well, of the night. Okay. Well, the moment of the night. Okay, okay. Well you gotta hear me out on this. So <laughs> A couple of things happened to make it the moment of the night. Yeah. First of all, I was pissed off at him. He had missed another field right. goal, thirty-six, 36 yards. Yarder, yeah. Missed the, the 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 extra point last week. Yeah. Didn't make any effort to tackle the guy on the. Yeah. kick. And then he goes out and misses. We need, we need all the points that the Seahawks can get. He goes yeah. out there and mi- after the other guy kicks a fifty-four yarder. Their guy kicked a fifty-four yarder. Our guy misses a thirty. So I'm I've been just I'm, I've been boiling oh, over. I on haven't Janet noticed. Kowski. I have not noticed. And then and then he misses. Then he misses another one and he gets knocked down in the process mm-hmm. and they get fifteen yards and an automatic first down. So the moment of the night is is layered. This is why it's the moment of the night. Okay. first of all, they get fifteen yards yeah. and an automatic first down. Yes. Keeps the drive alive. They end up scoring seven, I think, on that drive. Yes. Number two, it was fun to see the big guy go down a little bit. It, he wasn't really hurt. Yeah. It was a fake. Yeah. It was a fake jet. But then the then the then the capper at what made it the moment of the night. You don't know this because you were there, right? I'm like, what are you, what are you saying here? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm Pete, shook. Pete Carroll, okay. gets caught on the sidelines, on the cameras, on the NBC cameras, making fun of Sebastian Janikowski. No, yes, doing his facial expression, and I, <laughs> I, I, I got it, and I tweeted it out already at this time, at the time of this recording. Yeah, I think it's twenty thousand. I think eighteen or twenty thousand times it's been viewed already. Pete Carroll doing, and he had no idea the cameras were on him. So Janikowski comes off the field. Everything's going to be okay. And he's got a
1: super pouty face?
0: He's got this face on him. Oh, really? And they've got a first down, and Carroll looks over there, and he just gets caught red-handed on NBC. Is he talking to
1: anyone in particular? He's just. He's
0: he's doing the face, and it was just classic. It it just put a bow. They won. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Janikowski's that hurt. No. They got a first down out of it. He got knocked on his keister. Pete Carroll gets caught on national TV doing the face, doing the Janikowski pouty face. All of it just led. That's why I called. Okay, it that. that's fair. And then my underrated, my underrated play of the night. Okay, 17-17. and it comes after one of the most, one of the most puzzling series of play calling. I mean, shoddy. You like shoddy? shoddy. I do like shoddy. Um. Shoddy, they're at 17-17, mm-hmm. and after a five-yard penalty, they're on, it's first and 15, and it's tie game, and they got the ball, and they need to go down and score, and they're around midfield, whatever. And Shoddy, on first and 15, calls a run play. And I'm like, okay. Nothing wrong with that. He called a run play, tried to sneak another five or six or eight yards to get it to manageable second, but the running play goes backwards for two yards, and now it's second and like 17, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He runs Another running play. Mm -hmm. Which now I'm now I'm furious. Okay. I'm okay with the one out of the two. Okay. But you're gonna run on first down on first and fifteen. You're then gonna run on second and seventeen. You're like gonna, you're just like giving up on the on the possession on second down. I'm like, what the hell? And on top of it. Chris Carson goes limping out of the game on the second deck. They ran Chris Carson twice and the second time, and he gets no yards, he gets like two yards, and like third and 15, yeah. third and sixteen, and Carson's now hurt. We don't know how serious it is. And I am just I am throwing haymakers <laughs> verbally at, at Shoddy from my from my home. And then what happens on the next play? Do you recall? I don't. Russell Wilson, now shot he's going to throw on third and 15 when he should have thrown on at least one of the two previous Okay. And Russell Wilson's looking, 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 can't find anybody. So he just throws the ball out into the flat to Dixon. Yeah, big third down. And Dixon, who's who's going to get caught 10 yards short of the first down, breaks the tackle and and goes for 18, gets the first down. They go down to score to make it 24-17 play underrated play of the night to bail shoddy's ass out <laughs> shoddy's okay. play calling ass out so
1: without knowing all the backstory to to first down second down yeah that play stood out to me obviously huge third huge down play. he's he's stuck he's yeah. he's You're caught done. six you, be- yards behind the the first down and then he breaks attack like 10 yeah okay yeah that i remember yeah. i don't recall the all two the others- yeah yeah
0: but great play! You, great but, play. The, 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 That's why I
1: said tight ends a minute ago yeah. when I said tight end. Yeah, that know. was that was one of the plays that stuck That's out in my the mind. Play.
0: Yeah. That, that would probably be. The well, Bennett
1: had one, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they all had
0: yeah, first down yeah, catches. Yeah. But to to they're about to they're about to have to punt after Correct. The, after the the shoddy shoddy play calling. They're about to have to punt the ball at 17-17 and the Chiefs are going to take the ball down and score and take the lead. And instead, Dixon breaks a tackle Huge. and goes for eighteen. And a first down, my underrated play of the game. Okay. I wanted that. You want your surprise? Yeah. You mentioned the tail of the tape. Now, most people listening to this didn't hear the tail of the tape because that was a patrons-only deal. Right. The tail of the tape. Right. I've got the results next to the tail of the tape. Ask me how the Seahawks defense did. How did the Seahawks do? I'm going to tell you. Okay, you should. I'm going to tell you. Kansas yeah. City. Kansas City averaged 35.6 points per game coming in. They got 31 tonight. Okay. Kansas City averaged 427 yards per game. They got 419 on Sunday Night Football. Okay. Uh, Kansas City got averaged 24.6 first downs a game. They got 22. Okay. Held them underneath it. Uh, Kansas City. Converted on 47% of their first downs throughout the season. On Sunday Night Football, 42%. Of third downs. Of third downs, what'd I say? First downs. Yes, thirds to first. Yes. That's right. So underneath their average. Yep. The only big glaring problem for the Seattle defense, Kansas City averaged 4.7 yards per carry. Mm -hmm. On Sunday Night Football, 8.1 yards per carry. The Chiefs running game just manhandled yeah, the, C- the yeah. Seahawks. Other than that, 8.8 8 yards per attempt for Mahomes coming in, 6.5 on Sunday mm. night. Mahomes had a 114 passer rating coming in, 103 on Sunday night. And so it was they, they were right there or a little bit under. Yeah. Now you turn it around, you turn it around, Seattle, 25.9 points per game coming in. They got 38. Mm-hmm. Seattle, 350 yards per game coming in. They got 464. Seattle, 20.1 first downs a game. They got 31. That's a big number. Hope I have that straight. Um, Seattle, 39% on third downs coming in. They converted on 50% on Sunday Night Football. Seattle, 4.7 yards per carry coming in. 4.9 4.9 yards mm-hmm. on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Wilson, 8.0 yards per attempt coming in, eight yards an attempt on Sunday night. Russell Wilson's passer rating, 111 coming in, 127 on yeah, Sunday he was night. good. So there's your little, you've talked about the tail of the tape. Yeah. I happen to think the same thing, so I figured let me, let me yeah. put the numbers next to and see where that we was stand good. on all that. That was all good. Right? Okay. More Seahawks stuff as we continue. Jason Lock and Four is going to join us in a minute. Car shopping this holiday season. Take a little trip into Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue. Tons of opportunities in virtually all price ranges, starting with a fabulous selection of certified pre-owned vehicles, to a new electric Jaguar, which is now in stock, to the family Land Rover Discovery model with a third-row seating, which, by the way, is the best-value family SUV out there. And if you're really adventurous, the upcoming return of the iconic Land Rover Defender is the talk of the car world everywhere you turn. And the order list is already filling up at Jag Land Rover of Bellevue. But, but... I have been assured that if you tell the guys that you are a listener of Mitch Unfiltered, you go to the top of the reservation list. So we have that going for us, which is nice. Can't beat Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue, the best sales team in a dealership environment where you'll notice a difference. The service department is the best, whether you got your car there or not. Check them out this holiday season. Just off of 520 on Northeast 20th Street in Bellevue, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue. Unfiltered. All right, let's get our buddy Jason Lockenfora in here, CBS NFL Insider. Hell of a game on Sunday night. NBC had to be happy with Mahomes versus Wilson, 38-31. What do you think, Jason?
2: You know, they did what I thought they would do. Um, there was a template there. I wrote about it at CBSSports.com and made the Seahawks one of my best bets and thought they'd win that game outright going away because their strengths just play to the Chiefs' weaknesses um, to, to such great degree. And, and I'm sure that that coaching staff spent a lot of time on the game the Chiefs had played two weeks prior to Baltimore, where you know everybody made a big deal of the game they lost to the Chargers. Baltimore beat the snot out of them for four quarters and, and found a way to lose of some Mahomes magic on a fourth and nine and a fourth and three. But they held the ball, they bludgeoned those ends. They made life miserable for Justin Houston and D Ford. They, you know, they did things with the mesh point. The quarterback was obviously a very involved in the running game and you know I don't think it was a bold prediction but I'm like they're going to run Russell more in this game than we've seen and there'll be more option stuff and a little more zone read stuff and they're going to keep it simple stupid and they that that, coupled with the transcendent quarterback and a a very active um, speedy defense they're going to win this game and it played out pretty much how I, I thought it would. You couple that with the home field advantage and everything else. I just did not like this spot for the Chiefs. I frankly am not high on the Chiefs. I can tell. I've been writing for a while now that you can't, you, you lose Kareem Hunt, you get Tyreek Hill knocked in and out of every game, Spencer Ware can't stay on the field. The, the offensive line isn't great. It, a lot of things were covered up by Hunt and the quarterback early in the year. You take, it's easier than ever to take Kelsey away. And teams have been bracketing him, and he's not a difference maker. And all of a sudden, they're grassman at straws. I'm not a Sammy Watkins guy, but when Sammy Watkins is the number five option in your offense, right, behind Kareem Hunt running the ball, Kareem Hunt catching the ball, Kelsey catching the ball, Tyreek Hill catching the ball, when he's the fifth option, you're a nightmare. So when his absence is a big deal and you can't stop the run and you can't win time of possession and your running game is faltering, you're in trouble and they're in
0: trouble. Okay, well they're not going to lose to the to the Raiders this weekend. So they're no. going to be the number 1 seed. So if not the Chiefs in the AFC, are we going down the Patriots road again? Uh, you don't like the Chargers coming out of the five seed to win three in a row to get to the Super Bowl. Where, where where are you leaning in the AFC if not the Chiefs?
2: I think the Chargers with a healthy Melvin Gordon would be a nightmare. I mean, that would be a tough game for the Chiefs, third time having to face them. The team I thought really could have done a number on them was Pittsburgh, and now they don't even look like they're getting in. Um, I think Andrew Luck, I mean, the Colts would be an interesting matchup. Um, I just worry about Andy Reid in January, and I really want him to break through. I think he's a tremendous human being. Um, He's been through a lot in his personal life, above and beyond any of the various travails in in his professional life that we've all um, obviously focused on with all these playoffs he's been in and the way his seasons have ended. But this team just looked to me for weeks as one that probably peaked around week 10. And I don't know, Mitch. I I, I think they're vulnerable. Even at at Arrowhead, even with a bye – they, they, are, they are a different team now than they were before. Okay. I mean, if they can't stop the run, and now Fuller's beat up. I mean, he's their slot guy. He's the best thing they had going in the secondary. You know, will Eric Berry coming off a of bye you know, be back to being himself? Maybe, but without that happening, I think there's, there's a template there that a lot of teams could adopt. Even Houston, if they get Lamar Miller back, and they keep it simple stupid, and they only have Watson throw it 25 times, which is pretty much what they've been doing when they're at their best – I don't know. It, it could be tough sliding for the Chiefs.
0: So it looks like Dallas, although it could be Chicago first round for the Seahawks. A couple of weeks ago here on Mitch Unfiltered, you said you preferred Chicago. I did a poll on Twitter. Seahawk fans, 86% rather Dallas than Chicago, at least at that time. You still, you still think Chicago is a better match? For I'd, the- I'd
2: rather face Chicago. I'd rather face – I want Trubisky in his first playoff game at home and everybody's ready to canonize him and lionize him. Give me, give me some of that. Okay. I want it. Okay. I, want to, I want to run at their ends. I want, to, I want to run Russell Wilson like crazy in the first quarter. I want to run to a lead and take time off the clock. I want to get them out of their 15-play script. Just look at Mitchell Trubisky first quarter where it's everything he's been working on all week. It's the 15 plays that he loves the best. That Nagy's got all wrapped up in a bow for him. Compare that to the other three quarters when game flow changes, and now we're 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 hunting and pecking to try to get a first down. All right, all right. It's night and day. Give me some of that.
0: All right, all right. Pete Carroll in the discussion for coach of the year
2: should be, absolutely should be. I mean, to me, Pete Carroll and John Harbaugh, and it's interesting because they both have reinvented their teams on the fly and basically, you know, adopted a, a different approach sort of midstream to come sort of out of nowhere or way back in the pack to now control their own destinies. I think both, you know, would resonate strongly with me, but I don't I think they're still probably on the periphery when it comes down to it. You know, Frank Reich would be the guy I would go with. I mean they were one in five. That dude was the you know, somebody else turned that job down in February with a staff already in place and a quarterback who we didn't know if he had a shoulder or not at that time and a roster that nobody was feeling great about. And they're one in five, and he goes for it on fourth and two, and Andrew Luck misfires, and then O'Brien kicks a field goal because he's already in field goal range, and the Texans go from 0-4 to, you know, they get their first win of the year, and the Colts are sort of mired in, in nowhere, and for them to be where they are right now, I'm going flank right. Um, you know, Nagy will get a lot of consideration, um, I think I think Pete Carroll and and John Harbaugh should be talked about, um, but but I would go with Reich and Anthony Lynn and Anthony Lynn certainly in that conversation yeah. too. Forty, I would go Frank Reich.
0: Forty three hundred yards and thirty six touchdowns in Andrew Luck's comeback season, amazing. Yeah,
2: and he's scheming it up. I mean, the thing that impresses me about the Colts is if you watch them at all, like Ebron didn't all of a sudden become like that dude. Frank Reich is just he's setting things up early in the game for late in the game. I mean, I, you watch T.Y. Hilton and Ebron and, and even now this Don Charles Inman. Watch how many times there's no defender within five yards of them. I mean, some of it is the quarterback throwing people open, absolutely. But I, I think Frank Reich has done a tremendous job calling these games and scheming them up. Um, and, and he's protecting the quarterback in ways they haven't done there before. Uh, Marlon Mack, since he's come back, has been a real difference maker. But even when they didn't have him, they were still fighting to stay balanced. You know, just seeing the big picture with the quarterback, and it's all paying dividends now.
0: Uh, Baker and the boys are going to be a tough out for the Ravens. I know that the, the Ravens are at home. Very scary game for the Ravens. Yeah. Very dangerous game. For they the win, Ravens. they win, they're in. And if they win, it's hard to believe the Steelers will be sitting home for the AFC playoffs. It's almost, I can't even believe I'm saying that.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, look, they faced a similar situation, not for the division title, but to get in last year against a bad Bengals team, and they had a lead at the half, and they blew it. Um, they gave up a fourth and 12 play. Uh, Dalton found Boyd, and next thing you know, the Buffalo Bills are in the playoffs. And the owner's sitting there saying, I wonder if I should fire John Harbaugh or not. And now here we are a year later, and it's, it's, it's eerily similar. Uh, much better Browns team, though. And I always thought, even when, when they made this change to Lamar Jackson, you, I was writing about it in October. Like, it was coming. I knew it was coming. They had to do it to save their season, whether Flacco got hurt or not. The two games that I always thought would be the hardest for them were the Chargers and the Browns because of the composition of their defenses and because you have a Derwin James and um, in the case of the the Browns, you've got a Jabril Peppers who you can take that safety Make him your middle linebacker. Let him spy on Lamar. And now you've got extra bodies on the outside to, work, to take away some of the option stuff, some of the pitch plays, and um, you know some of the trickeration they have going on. You've got a tre- tremendous speed. It's a very youthful defense. They've got guys who can come off the edge but also can play the run. Uh, I always thought it was going to be a very tough match. I mean, Denzel Ward, you've got some lockdown corners. We'll see, man. It's, it's, it's going to be a heck of a game. I mean, honestly, if I was... The guys at NBC, I would have picked that game. I mean, Lamar against Baker. I mean, it, it, it's going to mean something, right? Pittsburgh's going to win, so you know the Ravens are going to have to win to win the division title. I mean, give me that over Luck against what's probably going to be freaking Blaine Gabbard. But yeah, it, it's not that that game was never good. Look, they lost, dude. They lost to Cleveland when Hugh Jackson was still the coach. Uh-huh. So it's not a gimme for the Ravens by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's, I think it's you know maybe the most intriguing game of the weekend. I mean, because the Browns if the Browns win and they go six and two and four one, they'd have the best division record. At four one and one, they'd have the best record in the division. That's amazing! That's You're amazing. really going to let this cat and this staff go no. to like chase who? Like who? Who? John D. Filippo? You know what I mean? Like who? Kevin Stefanski? Like Adam Gates If he's fine Like what are you doing? Like what is the plan? Josh McDaniels, who's turned you down twice before? Like what? Really? Really, Jimmy Haslam? You've never gotten it right? You got a chance to finish a season 6-2 and two and come into next season with everybody completely bought in and a system you already know that works and a quarterback who loves playing for these guys? I don't see how you, even if they lose, I don't see how you jack that up. I mean, that guy's won the job as far as I'm concerned. Jason
0: Lock and in CBS Insider, did a great job. Uh, over the weekend, and you'll see him on CBS this weekend. Uh, a couple of last ones for you. Will Stephen Ross fire Adam Gase when it's all said and done?
2: I think he probably will. That decision is wow. oscillated and vacillated by the week, depending on who he's talking to, but it's something that he's been mulling for a while now. And when it's all said and done, I think the, the, the um, and, and, I, and, I, and a lot of ways I applaud Adam's loyalty towards Ryan Tannehill, but I think at the end of the day, that that may be what sways it in the balance. Um,
0: what should he have done?
2: I was never a ten L guy.
0: Yeah, but who I, did he? Who I, did, I, what, what was it? What were the options? Do you mean she should have gone out and gotten somebody in the off season? Well, what mean, how you many? Mean?
2: I mean, there's been a lot of quarterbacks in the last three years who've been drafted into this league who right. um, seem fairly
0: transformational. No. All right. All right. So he should have cut bait.
2: But yeah. I'm not saying that's on him. I mean, that's on Tannenbaum. I mean, that's on the entire organization. I mean, that's hardly, I mean, by no means am I trying to say that's all on Adam, but those collective decisions leading to the point they're in now, I think will be, um, will, at the end of the day, my hunch is that pushes it in a different direction. Did you see the shot of my boy Danny Marino yes, up in the booth? I and did. you had Danny, yep. and then you had Stephen Ross with yep. his, like literally looked like he was crying in his lap, yep. and you had Tannenbaum who looked like he had just seen a ghost. Yep. I mean, that was... That yeah. and the shot of the – did you see the kid who fell asleep on his dad's lap in, like, the fifth row of that game?
0: No, I didn't see that one, but I saw the like, shot. It wasn't, like
2: a, it wasn't like a toddler. Like, it was like a 12-year-old kid who that game was so bad. He put his head – He sit next to his dad. And, and there's a Dolphins – there are Dolphins fans around him in so much as there were people in that stadium, I guess. But literally, they're in, like, the fifth row, and it's, like, the third quarter. and It's 7-7, and this kid is out cold on his dad's lap. <laughs> that should be the only highlight ever shown of that game. Like, I wrote uh... in my notes column, like – that like any other quote unquote air quotes highlight from that game should be banished from the internet. You should only be able to see two shots: the Ooh. shot from the suite and the the Jags. Or the, the dad had a Jags shirt on. I don't know. Maybe they were both Jags fans. But it, but literally, this kid asleep on his dad's lap.
0: But it wasn't the Good best stuff. cut. It wasn't the best cutaway of the of the weekend last weekend. You you probably were traveling back and didn't see Pete Carroll. On the sidelines, making fun of Sebastian Janikowski's face when uh, Janikowski was roughed up, fifteen-yard penalty, first down. They they showed Pete Carroll and he, he Janikowski was down on the on the turf and got up and was making a face and Pete Carroll was mimicking the face on the was sidelines.
3: The face, I missed that
0: yeah. shot. you gotta yeah. go if you want to see it. Go to go to my Twitter. You'll see. I I I, uh, I took a little shot of it off the screen. It was fabulous. Pete Carroll in his greatest moment of the year making fun of Sebastian Janikowski's face on the sidelines. It was classic. It so was h- classic. how
2: far do you think they can go? How far do you think the Seahawks can go? Uh,
0: I don't think that they can go very far. In fact, I don't know that they'll even win the first game. I, I don't think that, wow. that that's the story here. I think the story... Negative Nancy. Well, I'm not negative. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if they won the first game. Look, they they're a flawed team. There's no question about that. I mean, you look at them defensively, they've given up... A lot of they gave up 8.1 ben yards of carry.
2: Yards don't matter, bro. Just make a few plays in yeah, the red zone yeah, with, I, their, with their with their with their ball control offense. I don't care about. I don't care about yards. Just be okay in the red zone.
0: I I think they can win one. I think they can win one. I, I you know you got to remember. I, you probably know this that during the preseason in the first couple of weeks of the season, most people here thought you know six and ten. Five and eleven, six and ten. I mean, right. it, it looked right. it looked like a total mess and a total rebuilding project. It looked like that John Schneider had made terrible draft choices for the last umpteen years and that the Seahawks were in transition. I mean, for the fa- the fact that the Seahawks have clinched a playoff spot with still one week to go in a season where they, they lost all four preseason games, not that that means anything, but they looked terrible doing it. Then they lost the first two games of the regular. So they lost, they lost yep. six games in a row to start the season and looked in absolute disarray. The fact yep. that they were able to turn it around and not even have to play the final week to get into the postseason is almost... A miraculous story. I, I don't know, you know, hyperbole, but just incredible that they're going to the playoffs. Real quickly, I, before I think, you go, yeah, go I think go ahead. you're
2: gonna. I'm just saying, you're gonna. I, I think you're selling them a little short, bro. I right. think you're gonna. Okay, we'll see. The the Rams aren't fatally flawed.
0: Yeah, I just don't think the Seahawks will beat the Rams in a playoff game. I don't think the the Seahawks. I know they played them tough both times. Boy. I don't think All the right. Seahawks I will like, beat the Rams in a playoff.
2: I don't hate that matchup. Right. I mean, look, going to New Orleans ain't gonna be fun for anybody for anybody, and maybe that's where the story ends. But I mean, I'm just thinking of them versus the other five, you know, the other four teams in the NFC. I kind of fancy their chances against anybody other than New Orleans. All right. And I and I'm not writing off New Orleans as like, can't win. Like, you can win. That offense has been very slow starting. Besides Thomas, there isn't really a number two guy you have to worry about. Um, you know, there's only so much Taysom Hill that Sean Payton can concoct. Eh? Uh, well, the Steelers. We'll see, brother. Seahawks gonna be a tough out. Well, well
0: there's no. I'm. I, I don't have any question that there'll be a tough out. That's a different question than how many are they gonna win. I thought the Steelers kind of did a nice job against that Saints defense the other day in New Orleans. I didn't expect them to move the ball the way they did. Um, all right. Well, that's it. You've done great. You've uh, been great to us. I want to wish you and your family a happy holiday and a healthy new year. And we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, with a few days left to go before the first round of the postseason where we'll actually see the Seahawks playing, which is incredible. Thanks so much.
2: Sounds good, buddy. Happy holidays. All the best to you and yours, and uh, we will chat
0: soon. Okay. Boy, oh boy, Jason Lockenfora likes the Seahawks' chances in the postseason, says they're going to be a tough out. I don't think there's any question they're going to be a tough out. How many they're going to win, we'll have to wait and see. Here's what I do know. If I'm sitting down to watch the Hawks play on television or my beloved Orange I'm craving some pizza. It's a delivery from Zeke's Pizza for me. Zeke's is the Northwest's homegrown pizza company founded in Queen Anne in 1993, and most Zeke's locations now deliver beer, wine, and even cider. No one does Northwest craft beer quite like Zeke's, and that includes delivery. Download and use their mobile app. Order online at Zeke'sPizza.com or call 206-285-8646, 285-8646. And this is not a third-party delivery. This is Zeke's bringing the order right to your door. Any combination of food and beer, just as long as it's a minimum of 15 bucks. mix and match, order six different beers, whatever you want. All the drivers have shoulder coolers, so believe me, the beers will show up nice and cold. Remember, the one who orders also has to be the one who receives it at the door and be of 21 years of age 206-285-8646 zeekspizza.com or download and use the mobile app Zeke's pizza homegrown in the northwest unfiltered 32 years, our next guest has spent at the USA Today as one of the top baseball writers in America, and he's recently written a scathing, can we call it scathing, Bob, a scathing column in the USA Today about the Seattle Mariners and the Mariners' dealings this offseason. Here's Bob Nightingale. Is scathing too strong of a word, Bob?
3: I'm uh, you too strong. My thing is just a, uh, you know, it's one thing to keep, you know, rebuild, but you can't just keep... You know, flipping, flip-flopping uh, directions all the time. Uh, you know, you, you got to have players. I think people in markets now get, get more excited about prospects than actually major players. And prospects are prospects. You don't know how they're going to turn out.
0: Mariners rebuild. Painful to watch, but it didn't have to be, is the, is the column's headline. It needed an upgrade. Still, no one told the Seattle Mariners that they had to douse it with gasoline, light a match, and watch the entire structure disintegrate. Um We'll get to what Jerry did. I know you don't like the overall theory and, and strategy behind this offseason. What could he have done? Do you think, Bob? Well, if
3: you continue to go for it. Uh, you know, it's one thing if you don't want to want Robinson Cano. If you think he's getting overpaid? Go ahead and move it. But then spend that money elsewhere. I mean, the Mariners are one of the richest franchises in uh, in baseball, and along this World Series route. At some point, patience runs
0: out. And so why do you think he did what he did? I have my own theory that maybe they're wa- waving the white flag on the Astros. Maybe they think the Astros are going to be so good over the next couple of years that whatever they do this offseason, they're not going to catch the Astros in the in the American League West. How much a part of this do you think their view of that, that divisional rival is, Bob? Bob?
3: I do believe that, that, you know, not to say they do not even competing with the A's. Uh, it's one thing not to compete with the Astros, but the A's are a small market club. And you do have two wildcard teams. Uh, it's just hard to say, you know, when you're a uh, – it's, it's a good baseball town. We saw it become a good baseball, great baseball town when they finally made the playoffs there in, in 95. And then, uh, you know, of course, those you know, six magical years, but just uh, you know, they should not have the longest playoff drought in North American sports. That's embarrassing, and to me, you got, you got to rectify that. Uh, you know, if you want to see you know Marley prospects, you know, go to Tacoma and other places. Don't <laughs> spend your major league mo- ma- major league money in Seattle.
0: Do you have any opinion on these guys? Do you watch them at all? Do you have any thoughts on? The Cano-Diaz deal, the Segura deal, any of the Paxton deal to the Yankees. Do you like any of these trades more than the others?
3: You know, I, I thought the Paxton trade was good in the sense with Paxton. It's like you sort don't know how long he's going to stay healthy. And you get some prospects back and stuff like that. Uh, if you're not going to contend, why not? Uh, so I like that one. Uh, the only thing that I like about Cano was, you know, you know trading the uh, you know, reliever with him, Diaz with him. I mean, you're talking about a, a, a great closure. It's not making money. It's one thing to dump Cano, but you know, why why Diaz?
0: Because they felt probably like you would say that they had to they had to give give up a commodity to get somebody to take the bulk of Cano's remaining contract.
3: But it's just uh it's just money. You know, it's like so what? Uh yeah, you know, we just saw you know Blue Jays released rights Little Whiskey, made thirty-eight million dollars, they just flush it down the toilet. Yeah, uh-huh. you, know, you know, it's not it's not like they're up against a luxury tax. It's not, you know. It's not like a a hardcore salary cap. If they had to eat more money, so be it. Uh, You know, it's just a, uh, you know, the franchise is, you know, worth, you know, billions of dollars. Uh, You know, the the fans should not care how much money they saved. It's not going in their pockets.
0: Bob Nightingale for 32 years at the USA Today wrote a piece, the Mariners rebuild, painful to watch, but it didn't have to be. You mentioned that you believe that there'll be Grievances by the Major League Baseball Players Association the next time around about what Jerry Depoto has done and what the S- Seattle Mariners have done to this roster. Expand on that a little bit.
3: Well, the uh, the union, you know, uh, watches closely. They hate these teams are giving money or uh, teams making all this money. You better spend on your players, so put put it in your uh, the owners' pockets. And you know, certainly the uh, by dumping that those kind of contracts, you know, the Mariners' ownerships can make more money. You know, than Uh Obviously, attendance you know goes down, uh, but you still have the TV contracts and everything else. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're alarmed about. It's like you know, hey, the the, the players should be getting this money. They shouldn't just be uh, taking and not trying to win. Uh, it was Jerry Deputto last year himself who said, "There's more teams you know trying to get the number one draft pick than than actually winning a World Series." And now you can throw the Mariners in that mix as one of those teams. It's not like they have a you know. Uh, a, a bad stadium deal, you know, like the uh, Tampa Bay does, right. Oakland's a beautiful ballpark, right. all kinds of, you know, huge revenue streams, the whole Northwest themselves. Portland doesn't have a team. So, you know, there, there's no reason why they can't be at one of the biggest payrolls year after year.
0: Will it be the worst team in baseball in your estimation? You don't know what else they're going to do this off. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to move Encarnacion. They're not, he'll never play for the Mariners. But uh, how bad is bad? 100 losses, 110 losses. What do you think, Bob?
3: Uh, you know, it could be around 100 losses. I don't think 110. Yeah, that, that's hard to do, you know, no matter how bad you are. So, I mean, there's some bad teams. Kansas is going to be a terrible team. The Detroit Tigers uh, will be bad. So, somewhere in that mix, uh, you know, Baltimore Orioles will be bad. So, certainly probably one in Texas will be bad. <laughs> Maybe one of the five worst teams in, uh, in, in, in baseball. And you're right, I mean, Texas is rebuilding, too, so you can still beat up on Texas, you know, during the season, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, the Angels are mediocre. So the, rec- the record may not reflect, you know, how poor the team is just because their schedule is a lot easier than the ALEs.
0: With the Rangers rebuilding, were you surprised that they, that they shipped pro-far within the division, or doesn't it matter when you're rebuilding? It doesn't matter which team you send them to.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. It just doesn't matter. You know, if you get the uh, prospects, the draft picks, the international money like they did – so I'm a little surprised. You know, they're moving to a new ballpark in 2020, so you like to have some momentum going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little startling to see uh, a team going to a ballpark going to be this bad. I, mean, I think they're gearing for 2021, which means they better spend a whole lot of money next winter.
0: Bob, before I let you go, I have to ask you because I'm looking at your 2018 Hall of Fame ballot, which you put on Twitter. By the way, Bob Nightingale is the voice. USA Today for the last 32 years. I see that there's a little box next to our guy, Edgar, that was not checked on Bob Nightingale's ballot last year when he got 70.4%. He was just short. Will that box be checked this time around now that Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame?
3: Yeah, you know, I haven't uh, revealed my ballot, so I'll give you the heads (laughs) up. Yeah, that box box will be checked.
4: It Uh, will. It will. In my
3: thing, yeah, In my thing is, I always kind of held a grudge. I always thought Fred McGriff. Uh, I thought Fred McGriff was a you know better player than Edgar Martinez. You know more homers, you know run scored, hits, ribbies, you know all across the board. You know not not on base percentage or anything like that. And Edgar was on some great teams. So yeah, with Harold Baines getting in, uh, certainly Edgar's last year in the ballot. Uh, yeah, I, I think he gets in uh, by a landslide. But yeah, he'll he will have my ball for the first time this year.
0: And which one of those factors weighed more for you? Was it the was it the fact that he's it's his last time or was it more that Harold Baines I'm looking at Harold Baines's numbers for an example. Edgar had a better batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, much better WAR. He did play four less years, didn't hit as many home runs. It looks like, you know, statistically speaking, they both were DHs for a good portion of their careers. Is it the Baines thing or is it the last time on the ballot thing for you, Bob?
3: Uh, it's the last time on the ballot thing. And also, I have a little more room on my ballot this year. Ah. And, you know, I'm not going to penalize Edgar just because uh, Fred Griff's not going to get in. Uh, you know, I, I believe there's a huge difference between Edgar Martinez and, uh, uh, you know, and David Ortiz, uh, more into the uh, you know the home runs. I used to, thought he should have had more home runs and, and ribbies playing in that stadium. In that lineup, mm-hmm. but uh, I was going to vote for him even before the Harold Baines thing. And, and Baines, you know, that, that's the veterans committee. It's a whole different thing. It's yeah. not the Baseball Rights Association. Right. So, so I don't. Uh, yeah. So that that didn't play a fact. I was going to vote for him before. I, in fact, I even checked his name off before I even uh, uh, heard about the Harold Baines thing. Great. In.
0: Great. Great. That's that's what we wanted to hear in Seattle. We love you for that. Before you <laughs> before you before you go, you want to take a shot on Harper? We had Steve Phillips on the other day. And he said, "Dodgers." Everybody's uh, trying to pin the tail on the donkey here. Uh, what's your What's your best guess on Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, for that matter?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm going to stick with my originals. I'm going to go uh, Bryce Harper, Phillies, Manny Machado, Yankees. I know what Steve Phelps is saying. I just can't see the Dodgers giving out that kind of money just because they haven't done it, uh-huh. uh, and they don't have to have Harper. They just you know won six straight division titles without him. You know, two back to back National Pennants without him. Uh, if he takes a short-term contract, and I don't see it. I don't see him leaving $200 million or so on, on the table or $150 million on the table. Uh, and I, I do believe the Dodgers are his first choice. He's a Las Vegas kid, gets a train in Arizona. You know, uh, that would be his first choice for sure. But I, I just think the Phillies will make it too hard to resist.
0: He's done it for a long time, 32 years at the USA Today. You were the beat guy where? In Los Angeles before that? Is that right? My memory right on that?
3: Yeah, I bounced around. I was a beat rapper for Kansas City Royals, then, the, uh, then with the LA Times, and covered the San Diego Padres, Los Angeles Angels, and then, uh, then the Dodgers.
0: USA Today for 32 years, one of the standout baseball writers in America, Hall of Fame voter, and he just revealed it here first. We got the scoop. Bob Nightingale, after all these years of not voting for Edgar, I'm assuming you've never voted for Edgar, right? Not just last year. You yeah, never... no, true. Yeah, true. Yeah,
3: when I vote for a guy, I stick with
0: it. So, okay. yeah, you're right. right. I've never voted for, for Edgar until this year. Never voted for Edgar Martinez. will vote for him this time around. Thank you, Bob. It's great to visit with you, and thanks for all that you've done for me over the years with the radio show. Appreciate it. Sure, yeah, my pleasure. Happy holidays. So there he is, Bob Nightingale of the USA Today, who says for the first time since Edgar Martinez has been included on the Hall of Fame ballot, he will vote Edgar in, in this his final go-around. All these years, I've been talking your ear off about Daniels Bellevue and Daniels South Lake Union and Daniels Leschi. Now, all of a sudden, tons of excitement surrounding the fourth location of this special locally owned steakhouse. The brand new Daniels Broiler at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Seattle. Jay Ham and I were there for lunch a couple of weeks back, got the grand VIP tour from Lindsey Schwartz, and the best word I can come up with is impeccable. From the flooring to art collection, the pictures of old-time Seattle, just the overall feel of the place is perfect and matches all the things I've been speaking about forever. The stakes, the service, the ambiance. This new downtown Seattle Daniels is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Just take my advice. If you're looking for a memorable holiday lunch or dinner for your employees or family in downtown Seattle, try the all new Daniels, locally owned by the Schwartz family, located at South Lake Union, Leshi Marina, Bellevue Place, and now the brand new downtown Hyatt Regency location Daniels Broiler World Class Steakhouses unfiltered
3: I don't know how else I can say it guys I've said it three different occasions well then I guess I have to say it I'm not going to be the Alabama coach I'm not going to be the Alabama coach I'm not going to be the Alabama coach
0: (laughs) I love your face well I had to stick it in because it's the 12 year anniversary last week was the 12 year anniversary it's one of my favorite sound clips in my lifetime. You've talked about this. I love that sound clip. I love Nick Saban two weeks before it, it brings back the Steve Sarkeesian memory of him coming on our radio oh, show yeah. and saying, I don't know anything about USC and taking the USC job later that day. Yes. But the Nick Saban clip, I, I don't know how I, I guess I gotta say it again. I, I am not gonna be the Alabama coach. I had to play it one more time because it's the it's the anniversary. Every year at about this time, I like
1: why play. does he look into the camera? When he does interviews at halftime, I mean, I know he's irritating
0: enough to you because of that clip and the whole, what, what, what is not his an deal? Guy. He's a great coach. I mean, he's like yeah. maybe the greatest coach of all time. I don't know what his deal was. I don't know. But I just love the fact that was literally, by the way, for people who don't understand the context because they don't remember, that was like two weeks, two weeks, not a year, not two years, two weeks he never coached another game, I don't think, with a dog. Either that was at the end of the year or right before the end of the year. Mm. Two weeks later, he was the coach of Alabama. Two weeks later.
1: Done. See ya. Don't, don't know anything about what you're talking about, but uh, I'm
0: out. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 12th anniversary of Saban. Anyway, um, so the Seahawks are into the playoffs, and it was good to hear from Jason Lock and Four and... How about Bob Nightingale, USA? How about a little nice. applause for Bob yes. Nightingale yes. who says, okay, after Finally. nine after nine years of saying no, 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 no to Edgar on my ballot, Bob Nightingale just said, and this is the first time he spoke about it publicly, right. he says, all right, I'm in. On his last beautiful. go around, Harold Baines is in, Edgar Martinez, and so he's going to get Bob Nightingale's vote. And remember, he got 70.4%, I think it was, last year. He needs 20 people. If all the same people vote for him, and nobody changes it from a yes to a right. no. I wouldn't imagine anybody's going to go from a yes to a no. He then would need twenty more people who said no to go to yes. Mm-hmm. So now he only He's needs 19. nineteen. He's That's down right. to nineteen. Yeah. So there you go. A couple of last things before we get out of here for the for the break. Yeah. For, for the break. Um. The Rose Bowl. We are not going to be on again. That's right. No more Mitch unfiltered before the Rose Bowl. Would That's you right. like to? Are you going? You're not going down to the Rose Bowl, are you? Uh, no.
1: And I'm not happy about this
0: <laughs> why, why?
1: because Husky basketball plays at 7 p.m.
0: Uh, and what time is the Rose Bowl Two. OK, well, you at least get a chance to see it. There's no problem. Of course, but yeah. I would like to be there. Yeah. It also could be at the same time as the Rose Bowl. Then you wouldn't even get to. I, I don't even think I'm going to see the Rose Bowl. What? I think I'm flying. Oh, well, I think I'm flying that's back a, that's in a, the midst of the that, Rose Bowl. That is
1: your problem. That is
0: a a human error problem. No, I made the okay. When I made the trip, I didn't know they were going to the Rose. Bowl.
1: Great. When the Husky basketball team made the schedule, they didn't know the Husky football team. So you think was I should be in change my plans. I'm just saying. All right.
0: Maybe I should change my plans. I'm just saying. Winner, I'm,
1: winner, I'm bitter. Winner, I'm bitter. Winner, that's, winner, that's all. I'm you want to go down?
0: Of course. Win or lose.
1: I don't know. I really. I want my heart wants to say they're going to win. And Washington's defense has been really good. Haskins is really good and they're going to put up some numbers. And really I hate to say this because the kid has been maligned for as good as he's been as a Husky starting quarterback. Yeah. But really this is Jake Browning's legacy game. It's. I mean, it really is. That's
0: unfair, but okay.
1: It's unfair that... Of course. Yeah. Because you think about where yeah. the game, the bowl games, the, the records. It's his last chance to lead win a team. Win or oh. lose.
0: Win or lose. Take your Husky hat off. Objectively, win or lose. See, I think before you say your answer, it has a lot of feel. The, the game feels... A little bit like the Kansas City Seattle setup in the way that you want to keep that offense, Ohio State's offense, off the field. Yes. So, yeah, run, it. run, 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 it. run. Ball control, move the chains, yeah. eat up the clock. Do to Ohio State what, on some level, Seattle's offense was able to do to Kansas yes. City on Sunday night. That's what it seems like. I, and, I, and I,
1: I'm going to go back and I know you, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you an answer. I think. Chris Peterson's track record got time to prepare yes also plays into this conversation just beyond the Jake Browning conversation yeah I think they win I think they win
0: I think you're looking at it through purple and gold glass I I'm, I'm trying to understand whether that's an objective pick or whether you just can't you just can't be objective because well, you you bleed purple and gold well
1: here here's what I will say. When Ohio State has been bad this year, they've yeah. been bad. Yeah, I don't believe in their defense. The Purdue game. Yeah. when The they, Maryland the game. The Maryland they game. Yeah, out, they, they were yeah. but they scored 52 or yeah. whatever they scored. Yeah. So their offense came to play. Their yeah. defense couldn't. So it, it's just, I just don't know. And I just don't know. Is the whole Urban Meyer last game thing going to carry Ohio State? You know, is that going to be an emotional thing that carries Ohio State? I don't know, but I, I think if Washington is able to score points, I think the defense shows up, and I think they can win, and I think they win.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And your pick is? I,
0: I have to pick Ohio State. Okay. Because I think um, I, I'm not convinced that Browning can have a big enough game. He's mm. No matter how good Washington's defense is, Washington's offense is going to have to score. I They're agree. going to have to move the ball. He's going to have to make plays in the air. Yeah. He's going to have to be the sophomore Jake Browning. Listen, the they sophomore version's got to re- resurface yeah. in his last game. I'm not convinced. Although I wouldn't be shocked if they won. I'm not. I'm not like I'm running to Vegas to bet sure. the mortgage. Sure. I just feel like I have t- I have trouble closing my eyes and visualizing Browning making enough plays in the pass game. Huh? To match what Ohio State will do, absolutely
1: fair. And if they play like they did against Utah, they have no chance to win. No chance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A Couple of other things before I say Merry Christmas to you. Mm-hmm. Um, quad A Green. Yes. Last time we chat, we chatted. It was rumored he yep. was visiting yep. and now he says, although he's not signed, he says, I'm going to Washington. Yeah. Five yeah. star recruit, McDonald's All American, yeah. number twenty-four in his class two years ago. Now he can't play until next second semester next mm-hmm. year, like the conference play of next year. But how about that? Mike Hopkins, it wasn't straight out of high school, but Mike Hopkins has his has to has his now his centerpiece. Sure. His centerpiece recruit is a guy that leaves Kentucky. From Philadelphia, originally from Philadelphia, the city your brotherly love, he's mm-hmm. going to play his, he's going to play his college ball the remainder of his college career right here, right in front of your eyes, Mister, Mr. Yeah. Mr., Mister, uh, well, analyst, yeah, well, it, analyst. it
1: sets up, it sets up a lot more too for Washington. I mean, there's still a couple of recruits out there for for Washington to potentially get in the spring, and you bring a guy like Quade Green in now. It makes those other guys that are still available look look at that and go, "Whoa, I got federal a federal away kid I, number I one." Not saying any
0: names, but the federal you, away kid number one. I'll say the names. You've
1: got you've got a point guard that can get me the rock, and we can win some games with it. It's, it's a game changer.
0: Surprised that ASU beat Kansas for a second consecutive year at their place, though this time. Yeah, not. I mean.
1: The big fella, Azubuki, was not playing, and so I, I don't know if it's a surprise, but certainly here's what I will do. I will give a, a hat tip to Arizona State because they are holding the conference of champions. <laughs> <laughs> they are holding the conference up right now. I mean, they needed somebody to be the flag bearer, right. and right now it's Arizona State. So that win is massive because Washington gets a crack at those guys, and they're the team right now with three top 50 RPIs, and, you know,
0: that they need it. Kind of sets up as the one that Washington's got to get, right? No doubt. Can I just get a little – can I give a little round of applause to Santa Claus before we get out of sure. here? Santa. So the other night – I know you're going to find this hard to believe. Everybody gave me a hard time about this when I did it on the radio – I'm a huge, I am a huge Christmas season guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know how much you I know do. about this. I, I listen to Warm music. It's the music. Warm, it's the music. I, well, it's much more than the music. Okay. I listen to Warm 106.9 when they go all to Christmas season. My family says, can we turn that off? Can we listen to something else? I love Christmas music. Mm-hmm. I actually went to Bellev- Bellevue Square Mall on the Saturday before Christmas, <laughs> it was a mob scene. <laughs> An absolute mob scene, and I didn't have oh, to buy. a thing
1: I was for gonna it. say we weren't they, buying they, it. No, they, our, our yeah, holidays yeah, over. it's over. I'm yeah, on the, the last other team. Last I'm on the squad. A while ago. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And so I, I wanted to go to snow, you know, Snowflake oh, Lane. Sure, yeah. I do it every year. Yeah, it was bedlam. I was right there in the middle of it. I was dancing around um i was in the middle of bell square watching i love the energy the people are around that everybody's got a little extra hop in their step yep. i know everybody hates the crowds but i wasn't buying anything i was just kind of hanging out i was sitting on the couch just watching people just watching it just enjoying it had had the fam there at least most of the fam there yeah. and i was just i was just enjoying it and 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 i see this line now i kid you not i don't know what the the, the big ride these days is at disney Mm-hmm. When was the last time you were at Disney at one of the Disney's? Oh, well, I was at Universal two years ago. Okay, well, whatever the big ride is at Disney, that yeah. line—you know the line I'm oh, talking about—there yeah. About? Oh, yeah. There was a line like that at Bell Square in the middle of Bell Square. I'm like, what the just hell? Just snaking, for- snaking around. Yes, like, like there should have been signs that said, "You're an hour and twenty minutes right. from here. You're an hour and fifty yeah. minutes from." I mean, that kind of a line. And I was like, what the hell? Are they giving something away? I had just, my mind was just out of it Mm -hmm. and and it wasn't in a store it was in the middle of the mall and i was like what the hell and so i did a little investigating oh you did santa santa photos i don't know santa sit on his knee and get a get a picture
1: yeah santa photos
0: after all these years he's still (laughs) still popular i can't believe his popularity
1: (laughs) what are you laughing about after all these years, after all these years, There's you can't a believe it. two hours. People are waiting oh two hours to sit on. I just,
0: I can't believe it. It's, I mean, I would have thought he's passe by now. Yeah. He, ha- he really He's got stands a following. That guy's got a following. And right next to him is a little cardboard table. Hanukkah Harry sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Not a soul. Nobody's here. Not a soul. That was
1: that was last week, two weeks ago. I, I, and it, not a soul then yeah, yeah, either. Yeah, yeah not, yeah. not a soul next to him in Hanukkah Harry.
0: In fact, I think I overheard one one woman who was at like the two hour point yeah. of the line two hours ago, trying to convince her daughter, like, "Hey, you know, instead of how about Hanukkah Harry over there?"
1: <laughs> not
0: happening. Not happening. No. But I was just I was amazed that he's still such a draw. I didn't realize he's still the draw. He's.
1: I think he's a draw. You didn't happen to get that line just for. Giggles? No, did you? No. You just didn't want to just wait there in the line. No. Like, yeah, we're just going to take. A no, photo. I had
0: to take my kid for mac and cheese. He oh, likes right. he likes the Beecher's, Beecher's mac I and cheese. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to. say How did you know? It? I, I just knew. It. He likes it. Brett likes Beecher's yeah. mac and cheese. Yeah. So I had to take him for. But we we had to like. Excuse me. Excuse me. I had to go like through the but, Santa line. And I just I didn't realize he's still. I mean he yeah he's st- he's still a draw just, stands the test of time yeah that guy hey Merry Christmas Merry Christmas thank you for doing this. Mm. Um, I hope we're not pissing too many people off by taking a break oh, for about ten days. I'm
1: sure there'll be some some tweets.
0: We'll be back before the first playoff game. We won't be back for the Rose Bowl, but we'll be yep. back for the first playoff game. And I just want to say from the bottom. I don't know how many people made it to the end here mm-hmm. of episode ten. I don't know whether people make it to the end to right. hear the Santa Claus story. Right, right. Um, but for those who did make it to the end, uh, it goes without saying. I think. That I, uh, I owe everybody just my most sincere and deepest gratitude. I am so thankful that everybody has supported Mitch Unfiltered, that you are a part of Mitch Unfiltered, that everybody was, you know, founded in their heart of those people that have, have founded in their heart yeah. to give me a second opportunity, a second chance. I will not let you down. And uh, I'm excited about what this podcast can become. I don't know sure what it can become I'm excited about the possibilities yeah and i am really thankful for you and everybody for listening i appreciate it. Right? i appreciate so that. you have a good new years let's come back energized yeah and may- and maybe we're going to swear i don't i think, so. think episode 11 is going to be it <laughs> i think episode 11 is where i drop an f-bomb Okay. I, I think i you've think heard it I, here I, first. I'm feeling it on episode eleven. Okay. I just haven't been able to pull the trigger. Maybe I can pull the trigger on episode eleven. All right? Yeah. All right, that's it. Thanks to my charter sponsors, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue, Daniel's broiler, and of course Zeke's Pizza. We'll see you in two thousand and nineteen.